Google's view of the world typically. And we'll, we'll start delivering the content. We'll start pump the, the topical relevance of the website. And all of a sudden we'll see traffic start to take off. And you, you do see hockey stick moments in, in these sorts of things, which are really exciting moments from an SEO and from a client perspective. Welcome to the 10K Collective podcast for six, seven and eight figure Amazon and e-commerce sellers, part of the amazing FBA podcast family. If you want to scale fast, target a seven-figure exit and enjoy the process, then keep listening. Do you feel you're wasting money you could be keeping in your pocket? Well, many private label Amazon sellers don't even know where they're wasting money, let alone how to stop it. And if that's you, we can help. Our new online assessment helps you identify your biggest Amazon profit killer and what to do about it. For a powerful and quick diagnosis, go to amazonprofitquiz.com. That's amazonprofitquiz.com to get your instant free analysis straight away. If you would like resources and links and other help, to do with today's episode just go to amazingfba.com forward slash 423 ladles and jelly spoons boys and girls welcome back to the 10k collective podcast a subset of the amazing fba podcast family that is especially for you if you're a six or seven figure amazon seller particularly private label or custom products Today, I'm delighted to welcome back a member of the 10k collective mastermind in fact he's been in for years ashley pierce who has gone on as well as being an e-commerce seller to develop a really fantastic specialism it, over at Future State Media. They work on off Amazon organic traffic, but for, for people who sell on Amazon. It's a very cool speciality. Ash, welcome back to the show. Good to see you. It's a pleasure. Thank you yeah, for having always, me. Always nice to see you. And you know, we, we get to talk over a beer or in the middle of a, a mastermind about sort of very, very Amazon focused things. But obviously you've, you're sort of striding between the two colossi of Google organic search, particularly your, your specialism in Google SEO and helping people to sell on Amazon. So we're going to talk about Google SEO from a different angle today. So the title you came up with for this, I really like the slightly clickbaity title, which I like is this, the real reason e-commerce business owners should be publishing articles on their blog. It's not what you think, which takes me back to internet marketing circuit 2007. So I, I like this title, but what is, <laughs> what is the real reason and what, what's going on here? Why is it not what they think? So. Ultimately, e-commerce sellers, regardless of whether they're selling on Amazon or via their own website, ultimately want to drive high profit sales with their traffic, right? Everyone talks about getting the best return on ad spend in the context of paid advertising. In, in the context of Google and other forms of organic traffic, they represent a huge potential return on investment and long-term cumulative benefits as well. So the ultimate reason is because you want to get a, a, a taste of those high profit sales that you can get by being in the top of the SERPs for the, those highly commercial terms. So I'm going to give a little bit of a bit more detail in terms of exactly how you achieve that. And it's not necessarily the, the way that the, the majority of people might be familiar with in terms of ranking on, on Google. A lot of the Amazon seller fraternity that back in, back in the day before they started Amazon FBA businesses were, were maybe having a go at affiliate marketing or, or uh, gaming the system in, in Google to, to try and get, get them themselves to the top of Google and earn some affiliate clicks. Those uh, methodologies are prehistoric <laughs> in contrast with where we are today. So yeah, 
kind of dive into some of the stuff around what, what we do t- these days to rank for for commercial terms for e-commerce. Because we essentially, we work with e-com clients to build their organic traffic to their to their websites, which can be redirected to Amazon, of course, for Amazon sales, but also re- result in sales on their, their own website. And I went, of course, when I'm talking about search engines, I am talking primarily about Google, but we're not ignoring the likes of Bing and DuckDuckGo and, and some of these up and coming search engines that offer some privacy enhancements and things like that. But the way that we go about it is we primarily take a content led up. So what that means is we topically map the niche that the e-commerce seller is selling in and their products are, are occupying within the search market, typically on Google. We're using Google as a, you know, the data set that we were looking at in these, these particular instances. And then we, based on that topical map, publish pages on their website that align and fill out that topical map as fully as and authoritatively as possible. And the topical map is constructed of both informational content. So articles, frequently asked questions related to the niche, and then also commercial intent type search. So the traffic that's ready to buy, you know, I, I want XYZ product, please give me give it to me, Google. So there are alternative ways to mapping content. So just to to kind of make sure that we're we're being clear and definitive on what topical mapping means. That isn't the same as funnel mapping or journey mapping. Buyer journey mapping is what you might be more familiar with as a as an internet marketer. That would be looking at people going through the awareness, consideration, decision process to, to get through to that that point that they're actually searching for the product that they, they want in, in Google or their chosen search engine. There are overlaps between that topical mapping and the journey funnel mapping, but fundamentally they are two different approaches and we take that topical mapping approach. Now, what does that actually do? As I've sort of implied there, it, it builds a level of topical authoritativeness in the eyes of the search engines, which means as opposed to the good old days where everyone was building millions of backlinks on a monthly basis to, to kind, kind of try and make their website look like the most popular thing on the internet, Google uses much more sophisticated te- techniques these days to evaluate how good a website is and whether it should be deemed as authoritative enough to be on page one. And, and that's, where, that's where we specialize. That's the crux of what we're, what we're doing when we're topically mapping. And there's a fair bit more detail to get into. I, I bet there about. is. Yeah. We, we were just joking before we got on. So we, we both come of complex stock, don't we? You, you, I remember you saying to me once that engineering, your, your chosen discipline back in the day is, is a, what do you say? It's a condition, not a profession, which I thought was really funny. And I, I'm, I'm a sort of a linguist and a lawyer and my, I have also engineers in my background. So I guess it's easy to fall into complexity. Let's just, before we get into the detail of it, this sounds a little bit overwhelming. Presumably I'm not the only person who's felt that about this. So if you have a new client or somebody you're discussing about, you know, how they might do it for themselves, what's the simple kind of first step to get on the road to doing this? So the, the technologies that we, we kind of have available to us themselves, Google, Google search can give you a good implication as to, to what it is that you should be you should be covering in, in your topic. Other websites benchmarking against competitors is, is a great way to go. So looking at what your competitors are, are, are already publishing, that's not necessarily the, the, the Bible, the guide that you should be following necessarily, but it's a good indication. Really speaking, you need to be doing a, a topical mapping exercise using, using multiple lenses. So the lenses we would use would be using tools such as SEMrush or Ahrefs, which 
basically allow us to view Google in a much more clustered and grouped approach. So instead of looking at individual keywords, we're looking at topics where Google has basically said all of these keywords have the same intent, the search intent. Therefore, all of the search results for these terms pretty much the same. And that's quite a common thing. Everyone thinks that there's one article per keyword. That's not how it works. So the using tools like that, we would form up the, those topics. We'd also use other tools like answer the public. There's a whole range of things that, that kind of tools that we, we would use. This isn't something to be taken on lightly. Um, cause it's, uh, it's a, to- it's, it's an activity that we, we spend days and days over and we know how to do it as efficiently as possible. <laughs> so, so not for the faint hearted, but it, it, it's definitely something. If you can go and find some, and you'll find some stuff on the Future State Media website around topical mapping as well, but there's tons of other really great resources out there, particularly on YouTube about topical mapping that have come to, come to the fore in the past couple of years. But the, so oh, one question I've got before we plunge into the detail of it then is just to justify the time and effort, because it does sound like a lot of work. So let's try and quantify that before we go in. And by the kind of considering, okay, I could spend more money on Facebook ads or something else like that, or Amazon ads, which is if you're selling on Amazon, it's a bit more of a no brainer, I yeah. guess. I could launch some new products. I can maybe hire a VA to, to do some social media marketing for me. All of these are common alternatives that you, we've heard discussed in the mastermind many times. So how would I justify to myself or to my investors spending the time and energy on, on SEO? How much time and energy does it take, take up front and what's the rewards on the back end and how does that stack up other compared to other ways you could use the energy? Yeah, 100%. So that, then this is the other, the other side of it. If you go and actually search very specifically for, you know, why you should be blogging and writing articles on your, on your website, not just doing SEO, lots of the, the, the kind of indications will be around the fact that it's about generating traffic. And that's a key distinction to make at this point in time in that actually a lot of the work that we do around topical mapping and then publishing around that topical map is to build topical relevance, which is a completely different metric to traffic. So this is quite a confusing situation that we can get ourselves in because ultimately the topical relevance is what then allows us to go on and deliver high performance ranking for your commercial intent pages, your product pages, your category pages, your collections pages on a, on a Shopify store. If, if that's what you're, you're targeting to, to actually rank in Google. So the, the justification for me comes off the back of the rankings that you can, you can get for those terms. And then ultimately the, the sales and conversions that come off the back of those. We have multiple projects where uh, ultimately that's, that's what we've, We've done with the client. We've the client's been working away on trying to search engine optimize their product pages, their collections pages, working night and day as long as they feel, plugging away at things. These are their terms, and they've never really taken the 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 article production, their content production, particularly seriously. Other than thinking about the the buyer journey and maybe producing a bit of content to answer frequently asked questions, and they they don't get the performance they're looking for. And then we come along. And we explain about the, this, this metric, this term topical relevance and how it can impact the way that their authoritativeness around a topic is viewed in, in the search engines, start producing some key pieces of content. And all of a sudden it's not just their articles that are ranking, it's their product and collections pages that start ranking as well. And there are a number of mechanisms that we use to enhance that, that ranking of the products and collections pages. But ultimately the, 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 one of the key inputs to that is that production of content to fulfill out that, that topical map. Brilliant. And so if I could just put a, a simplistic spin on it for the non-technical amongst us, it's really about like building the authority 
first or positioning if you want or brand brand is not is too vague a term but i guess positioning as an authority which is a classic thing for info marketers back in the day yeah and then once you have that pretty much google will say you're an authority we're going to send you traffic and people will believe you and the search engines will believe you so is that a sort of simplistic summary of what we're looking at here it, it definitely yeah it definitely is okay. and and it, it if you've covered the topic more fully more in depth and you you seem like a more authoritative source than other parts of the other competitors then naturally you you get more weighting in in your rankings for the for the commercial terms that, that you're looking at and that connection is quite simplistic there are obviously a whole bunch of complexities that we love playing with and levers that we like pulling internally to, to make that work but in very simple terms the connection between topical mapping topical relevance building and therefore ranking for commercial terms is very discreet and very definitive sort of connection great so how do you if we're not measuring traffic then as a metric but we're still spending time and, and effort and you know if you're hiring an agency like yourself money of course how what sort of interim metric before those golden days of life where we rank for everything and, and sell lots of stuff for good profit how do we measure this sort of interim metrics to measure authority? Because that sounds a little bit more abstract to me. Yeah, it's a good question. And there are, are, are multiple ways that we sort of evaluate this. And it's, it is important to be looking at leading edge metrics, particularly with any SEO program. And to be honest, it's more the case with every marketing activity that you could do. The leading edge metrics give you an indication of where you're going in direction, but you might not necessarily be seeing the ultimate results yet. So the way that we would evaluate that would be a comparison of some key scores versus competitors, such as how many keywords we rank for in the niche. And we would do some filtering around which keywords were in the niche versus which keywords were outside. So if a competitor is ranking for 40,000 keywords within the niche and we're ranking for 10,000, well, we know that we're only at 25% the power of, of the, the competitor as a sort of crude example. Then in terms of like measuring our directionality, measuring that very le more leading edge and not what you would necessarily see in the tools, we'd go into tools like Google Search Console, where we'd be able to see over time our in getting impressions for certain for search queries, search queries, including search, certain keywords. So if we were trying to increase our topical relevance for a dog product, we would potentially go and measure our topical relevance against the term dog and any queries that were related to the term dog. That would be a bit general, <laughs> but but the, the we would use multiple metrics within or multiple filters within that to establish whether we were actually growing or, or in some cases, whether we were declining, because that, that could be something we could be joining a, a project at a, a stage where the a, you know, website's in decline and we, we can turn that around through topical mapping and topical publishing as well. Okay. So again, to get the, the grasp of it, and I can imagine there's quite a bit of education that you need to give your clients when they come in saying, I, I need to get traffic and you say to them, no, you don't. <laughs> what you need is relevance and then you'll get the traffic afterwards. So I'm beginning to get that. I'm being educated in this as well. It's a bit of a shock to the system. So my next question then really, you talked about topical mapping and you mentioned the buyer journey, which I guess more of us are familiar with. So people never heard of you. They've heard of you. They've heard of you and they're engaged in some way. Maybe they sign up for emails then you know they've heard of you and they actually hopefully buy and then there's the bottom of the funnel which everyone forgets about which they bought from you once sell them more stuff yeah i'm always trying to persuade people to do but does that map across easily or how do you structure the topical map if you don't use that so it's a good question we always come at it particularly from an seo perspective when we're, we're looking at an seo program as trying to get the return on investment as quickly as possible so and you know, 
you kind of think most businesses would probably want to operate in that way, but we all get distracted, <laughs> easily distracted by shiny objects and, and things that feel like they're the right, right thing to be doing, even though logically that's not necessarily the path you got set off on. You mentioned the, the buyer funnel that I guess we're all more familiar with. So from never heard of you, aware of you, you know, brand awareness, then some kind of engagement, maybe come back and read some blog posts, further engagement, maybe they sign up for your email list and then hopefully at some point they're a buyer and then the bit that everyone neglects that I'm always begging them to go back to sell somebody who's bought from you more stuff so that's we're all familiar with that is that is that the structure you use for topical mapping or you mentioned that's not really the same thing and if if not what structure do you use to create this topical map how do you sort of make sense of it it typically starting off with the the google interpretation of what the topical map looks like which quite often is a source of disagreement when it <laughs> with with the with the client or with the, with ourselves because the the topical map doesn't seem to make sense because Google hasn't got a good grasp of what the topic is or how the topic is broken down into to categories and subtopics. But ultimately, if you want to rank in Google, you've got to kind of move in that direction. You've got to structure things in a way that Google will interpret and mean that you're, you're you are ranking for multiple topics as opposed to what can happen. Us trying to produce several pieces of content, all targeting ultimately the same topic, which then leads to nothing ranking, as opposed to all seven of them, seven of them ranking. In terms of the buyer and the journey mapping, there's definitely overlap in there, and naturally, when we're doing our topical mapping activity and looking at all the queries and all the search terms that are related to a certain topic, a certain e-commerce target, we do find naturally those buyer topics come out of the woodwork. You don't necessarily end up with a full view and a full version of that funnel necessarily just by taking that sort of how does Google see the world view. Then obviously putting your putting your customer hat on and thinking about what those terms are that the customer is actually asking can be quite useful because that'll take you beyond the topical map and actually get you into the realm of thinking about convertible traffic that comes through the article production that you're doing. But when it comes to sort of the way that we approach projects and with SEO. And we typically think about the return on investment and the speed at which we can deliver that return on investment. And we we could see through multiple projects and where we spent our best efforts and had our best results, the focus on the topical mapping and the focus on delivering that topical authoritativeness as quickly as possible to give us the ability to then rank the product pages so that when just mopping up the sales from people who are already ready to buy it is usually the area where we get the most most traction most opportunity most return rather than turn our turning our attention to the buyer funnel as well and then spreading our efforts and then diluting the the opportunity doesn't mean to say it wouldn't be done at some point in the future but from an from an seo perspective and a return on investment perspective the the topical relevance is the thing that quite often gets neglected as soon as the traffic starts to turn up and the client gets distracted by how how good this traffic feels and looks. That's really very interesting because I think, especially if you've started off in online business, as I essentially haven't had lots of training before, but on Amazon, as, as we basically both have experienced that as, as recovering Amazon sellers, you have this terribly direct response kind of adrenaline rush that you get. You put money into Amazon ad today and you get a sale tomorrow. And I guess the, the funny thing is that it seems in your universe with the, the Google SEO that if you try to go directly for traffic and make the money, which intuitively I would think, oh, that's going to be a quick return on investment. I'll worry about authority tomorrow. You're finding the absolute opposite that actually building authority gives the quicker return, which is so counterintuitive. That's absolutely fascinating. And you've got the data to, to prove it. 
So take us through an example then with a with a client. I guess you can change the names and the the niches to protect the innocent. But but take us through an example of how this looks in practice then. Yeah. So we'll we'll typically start this process. We'll have a fully engaged sort of client and team in the fact that we're building this topical authoritativeness. And this mapping is something that's typically new to, to the business because it's a completely different view of the world. And like I say, it's, it's Google's view of the world typically. And we'll, we'll start delivering the content. We'll start pump the, the topical relevance of the website. And all of a sudden we'll see traffic start to take off. And you, you do see hockey stick moments in, in these sorts of things, which are really exciting moments from an SEO and from a client perspective, because you know, you, you're on, onto something and you're getting the positive feedback loop for kick in from the, the algorithms, which is fantastic. The problem is the reason we're excited from an SEO perspective is it's just a validation of the fact that we've built a level of topical relevance from the client's perspective. The question that often is on the tip of their tongue is, well, why aren't we converting more sales from all of this traffic? And the, the challenge with that is typically the first pieces of traffic that turn up will be to our article content that's been targeting this this wide wide topics which might have no commercial intent within it whatsoever so the the purpose of that that content is purely for the topical relevance which then will help us rank the category and product pages so the real excitement should kick in when we're ranking those category and product pages and the the traffic to the these articles is essentially a byproduct of the topical relevance building that we've done so we're both getting, we're both kind of sit, we're both sitting either side of the table. We're both getting, both getting excited, but we're both getting excited for two different reasons. That's typically the complication. So like many relationship types in life, but I mean, that's very interesting. So again, what you're saying is that the spike in traffic is commercially meaningless in itself. It's validation of the fact that you're getting the topical relevance from Google, but it's the topical relevance from Google that will enable to rank pretty much anything that's within that, that niche, right? Which that's is right. basically you know, things that will make money, commercially viable keywords. Is that a summary? That's exactly right. So what we're actually interested in in measuring is the traffic to the commercial intent pages, the product and category pages, and maybe maybe some of the info pages that we've highlighted as being bottom of funnel that where we've got some real product placement opportunities. But yeah, we're getting excited about ranking for for something a bit random. I have uh, just pick up on a, a couple of sort of examples. So yeah, if, if you're one of the ones that we had for a a dog brand. Why Why does my dog follow me everywhere? Which doesn't have much commercial intent whatsoever. Probably not going to engage these types of people with sort of your know, commercial offer, 10% off for something like dog wormer tablets or something like that, because they're just nowhere near being in the, the decision-making process for, for kind of making that purchase. But if we ranked really well for that term, why does my dog follow me everywhere? We know that we're getting into the position where Google's seeing us not as an authority in in the topic, and that that's the the, the interesting sort of dynamic that goes on because low conversion rate from that sort of type of content is to be accepted and and to be expected. So my understanding of SEO was that the authority was traditionally about the backlinks, hence all the backlink hacking that used to go on. I'm sure still does to some degree. <laughs> yeah. And then the content was more about the engagement with the audience. But what you're telling me is that the content is is really critical for the sort of ranking of the site as an authority as a whole. I suppose what do you call it? It's a main authority. And so how do what's the right word putting this? When do we start making money? I guess is the question that the the e-commerce business owner opposite you is going to be asking. So so when do we start making money here?
If you would like resources and links and other help to do with today's episode, just go to amazingfba.com forward slash 423. Yeah, 100%. So this is where sort of I was saying earlier about comparing ourselves with competitors. And one of the useful things about doing that competitor analysis in terms of how how much the competitor has covered the topic and how many keywords they're ranking for within a topic is it gives you also the ability to do an evaluation of their traffic and what their potential income might look like. And we'll measure traffic specifically to their product collections, category pages, and make some assumptions around conversion rate and, and what that looks like. So that'll give us an idea of well, what's the attainable market from if we were to replace this competitor perspective, then taking that topical map and building it steadily over time and building up the number of keywords that we rank for in a specific niche, you can start to see that tipping point kick in where the initial tipping point is we start to rank for lots of the article-based, the, the informational-based content. And then over time, typically, and I say the, the, this is where it gets dangerous because everyone will be like, so how long before we... We rank on page one, top of page one for X, Y, or Z. But typically what we'll see, particularly for some of the, the commercial intent terms that we'll, we'll pick as near-term targets, we'll try and establish some ranking for something that's within the first six to nine months on page one, and trying to push to performance within the 12 months. So again, that all, all comes down to how competitive the niche is and also the, our kind of selected target and, and how how we've evaluated how quickly we could deliver against that. Of course, if you want to go and rank for something highly competitive that all of the big boys out there are, are ranking for, so you know, makeup bags being a, a good example, that's just a really difficult one to, to kind of ever rank for in many cases, unless there's a very specific twist on a niche that you can, you can tap into on search. Well, ladies and gents, I hope you enjoyed that blast from Ashley Pierce, man not only with an engineer's brain, but also an e-commerce business owner operator's experience. And now he's bringing that together with his SEO team. And that, so I think it's a powerful insights from a man who really thinks about things from first principles. So a few things um, which were news to me, and I, I hope they're useful to you. I mean, the first thing that's not news is that you should have an SEO component to traffic to your um, business. And that includes e-commerce. The thing that may be news to you if you sell primarily on Amazon, and that's been my focus for nearly nine years now, um, is this, that you can and should consider getting SEO going because it is a place from which you can drive traffic to sales at Amazon. There's no reason why you have to have the conversions happen on your own site. But whether you are driving conversions on Amazon or your own site, the real insights for me today are two things. Number one is topical mapping or topical relevance whatever the, the right terms are, being seen by Google as an authority on your topic, that is to say your website needs to be perceived that way, is the primary thing you're aiming at before you then try and monetize it. So that's the number one thing that I'm taking away from this, which was different from my understanding of SEO before. And I guess things develop in SEO as the internet develops. So if you take away nothing else, I think that's really important. Also important to recognize that that's not the same as a buyer journey and that Google has its own view of your topic area, such as, I don't know, um, travel makeup bags. And I say that because I know that Ashley's company um, specializes in that or dog supplements, for example. Um, but you, you understand your buyer journey as well, and you may have to make a bit of a compromise so that they're different. And also that you shouldn't be worrying about the 
topical relevance driving traffic because that's not really relevant. You need to get it in place in order to drive then traffic that converts a commercial intent keyword. So those are my basic takeaways. Ash might give you something different, uh, but this is an important area, I think, to really have a clear strategic view on before you go and do the, this massive hard work that is involved in getting somebody else to help with SEO and writing articles and doing keyword research, or you do it yourself. I've done a lot of it myself. I have to say DIY and, and Google SEO is not my forte. So if you're like me and need some help, a couple of ways you can get help from Ashley Pierce and the Future State Media team. One is they've got a Google SEO guide specifically for e-commerce operators at Future statemedia.com forward slash traffic that's future statemedia.com forward slash traffic and that's really worth downloading that because as you can tell Ashley's put an awful lot of thought into this um you know I would say thought thought work experience but he really you know it's not just mindless churning of outdated practices it's up to date and they measure the success of what they do and the second thing of course if you want to discuss your e-commerce SEO with specialists who do this stuff day in, day out, and Ashley's team, then you can just head over to futurestatemedia.com and uh, ask to speak to one of the team. I, I would personally suggest you talk to Ashley, as you can tell, he's a very honest, straightforward kind of guy, an enthusiast for his subject. So I'm sure you'll get fantastic advice. And if you feel that this is something you want to outsource to him, um, then you'd be well advised to consider his team. I have to say, that quite a few members of the mastermind who without any influence on me at all have got to know Ashley as a member of the mastermind have put their SEO needs in Ashley and Ashley and his team's hands and have been in some cases especially got amazing results and in some cases uh, pretty much all cases got pretty good results I think this is a man who really knows what he's doing and is naturally uh, curious and driven to uh, get better at what he does so somebody I've known for years and trust implicitly if you're doing SEO in e-commerce, I would definitely check out what Ashley Pierce and his team have to say. Um, so the next episode, we're going to be talking further on this kind of episode, this kind of topic, I should say. But for the moment, I'm going to leave you to absorb everything we've thrown at you today. Don't forget, if you are enjoying the show, to subscribe to the 10K Collective podcast. If you're a six, seven, eight figure seller or Amazon, the amazing FBA podcast, you'll get similar content at the nearest podcast player. Thanks very much for listening to the show. If you would like resources and links and other help to do with today's episode, just go to amazingfba.com forward slash 423. Thanks for listening to the 10K Collective podcast for six and seven figure Amazon sellers. I really hope you found the show helpful to you. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please do leave us a quick star rating. It will take you all of 30 seconds to do it, but it does mean we can be found by and help many more e-commerce business builders. I wish you fast and profitable scaling, and I hope you enjoy the process of building your seven-figure Amazon business. Thanks very much for listening.